You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, and thank you to Star Trek Stop Discovery. Stop talking and going to enter The worst Star Trek <laughs> season of all time. On the Oz Network for Star Trek Discovery, Discovery. aka, as Jamie says, the worst Star Trek series of all time. Ever. Um, season one. Although I am actually re-watching Gener- Next Generation with... Picard and uh, and I love that one. That's like my favorite. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm just like, man, this first season is garbage. Of Next Generation, yeah, yeah. That's why it's fair. It's let's, garbage. let's start this episode before getting into our opinions on all the other shows. Uh, Star Trek Discovery season one, episode thirteen. What's past is prologue. Uh, my name is Colin, and I also thought Next Generation season one was garbage. And my name is Jamie, and I have absolutely no idea what any of these episode titles mean. No, not at all. <laughs> Um, I guess let's kind of jump right into this here. Uh, first oh, thing, are, really, are, are to talk you, about. Are you excited about Philippa? Yeah, am yeah. I, well, I... let's. We'll get there. Ooh, okay, we'll okay. get there. All right, Captain Szechuan, as you called her. Um, I- I'm getting just a little too excited. So we're now. I mean, this is the third last episode of the season, and you could just say that there's are... only two more. That makes a lot more sense. Because we're covering the third last. If we say there's two more, nobody's going to listen to our final one. Not that they should be listening anyways, <laughs> yeah. because you said this is the worst Star Trek series of all time. Uh, <clears throat> we are now four episodes into the Mirror Universe. Oh, and there goes Casper. I kind of expected... Yeah, Casper can wait. I, I kind of expected this would take the majority of the second uh, half of the season, but in a way, I guess I'm glad that we're wrapping this story up here. With still two episodes left to go. It didn't go the full Heroes Season 2 route. If anybody watched Heroes, I think one of the biggest flaws they had was that they took way too long with this one story arc where, um, what's his name, Hero himself was in Japan for like nine episodes. And with this, I mean, we just got four episodes. It's done. I think they probably could have done this in three, but we tied up the Mirror Universe. Are you happy with how this Mirror Universe storyline has been tied up now? I actually have to say I am. I really am. Even considering it's the worst Star Trek series of all time? Yeah, I, I feel like um, now I didn't just waste, you know, however many hours of my life um, just watching something <laughs> that made no sense. Now it's like, okay, there's, there's you know, there's fruit to this. There's an end to it. It's making sense now? Yeah. And sorry for my weird voice. I'm sucking on a sugar-free mint. They're very <laughs> delicious. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by, what is that called? Mont Mont Beck Oh no, Mont Beck Mont Beck, no sugar added wintergreen mints that you got in bulk from Walmart. Sweet, sweetened with stevia. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, but okay, I guess I'm kind of agreeing with you. I'm I'm happy with the way this turned out. Partly because I think they surprised us. I was talking last week about whether they could just write all these characters out of the show come the end of the season that we would be left with. I thought. Uh, Lorca, Burnham, and Saru as really the only ones that needed to be in the next season. And I was also theorizing last week that Empress Michelle Yeoh uh, would be kind of like the villain like Q that could potentially pop up every single season. Now, we're four episodes in the Meteor universe. It's, it's over. And even though they revealed that thing about Lorca last week, because I think because they revealed that Lorca was opposed to the Empire, uh, that he would end up being somebody that they could ally with on the outside in the real universe or whatever. But now, I mean, this whole episode is basically Lorca is the real villain and Michelle Yeoh, even as the Empress, is not the real villain and Lorca's gone. I mean, 
Of course, we don't really know because whatever happened to the real universe version of Lorca, we don't know that. But I don't know. It seems to me like this has taken a different direction, one that I wasn't expecting, where Lorca is the one who's written out of the show, and maybe there's potential to bring Empress Michelle Yeoh back in the regular universe. I don't know if you'll agree with me or know what I'm talking about, but um, I don't know if you got this feeling too, but I'm not sure. Oh, there's my iPod. I was looking for that for ages. It was right on your desk. Let's focus. (laughs) Everyone, you need to send Colin a message and tell him to clean up his hoarder desk that he records at. Um, Half the crap on here is yours, and I know it. Like these bags of mints you have all over the place, and your garbage from your mints, your laundry card, your keys. Um, Yeah, this is all my garbage, right? Anyway, so I felt watching this, like, the end of the episode, and I don't know how much I want to spoil for certain things, but... Well, people have seen the episode for listening to this, so just feel free to talk about whatever you want. Okay, good. So whatever, so... When they get back to their universe, they're nine months in the future. And then it basically shows kind of the feeling that you're left with with watching the end of the episode is that the Klingons have won the war and everything. And now they're just like, oh, crap, like, what do we do? What's happening? And they're trying to contact the Federation and not even getting an automated response. Um, And so I feel like, honestly, like they could have actually left the season even at this episode. Mm-hmm. And, and this could have been your cliffhanger for season yeah, two. Yeah, so, so that that's making me wonder, okay, am I going to be satisfied with the next two episodes or am I going to wish that they just kind of cut it here and then just begin, mm-hmm. you know, again the next season? Well, and that brings up another point that we haven't addressed yet, which is what their plans would be for season two, because they did renew it for season two. As far as I know, no actors have been renewed for season two. And we mentioned all the way in the beginning of the series that Brian Fuller, who had been involved in many Star Trek shows, including an episode of Voyager we started watching last night, which was truly terrible. Uh, Brian Fuller also, you know, did the uh, the, the Heroes show for a while. Um, pretty well-respected writer and showrunner, but he left after the, that pilot. And his only real involvement was those first two episodes. But the way he pitched this to CBS originally was that he wanted a, uh, not a serialized show, but an anthology show similar to like American Horror Story or American Crime Story, uh, where every season or even Fargo, like every season would be its own story taking place in a different time period, different part of the universe, different cast. And really, there would be no connection other than maybe subtle references. Like if you think about Fargo, season one took place, uh, what was it, in the 90s or something like that. And then season two was the 70s. And there's like two characters that are related to other ones but it's it's really a completely different story so that's kind of interesting that that kind of makes you think like are they going to do like what x-men did and just like jump you know like not a decade but let's say like a thousand years at a time in the future but if this is a uh anthology show because they still haven't made a decision cbs basically said well let's see how one season goes and if this goes well, you know, if people love the characters, which I don't think they really do, you know, we can Saru. bring, if, if people love the characters other than Saru, uh, maybe there's potential to bring this back as its own season two. Or maybe the idea Brian Fuller had was that if this series here takes place before the original series, the next one could take place around the time of the next generation. And then you could jump ahead to post Star Trek Nemesis, and then you could go back to like the time of Enterprise or whatever. And that I think is an interesting idea. And I think that, I don't think they've made a decision yet. And this season is slowly leading me to believe that they're leaving their options open. It's either going to go the route where it's a rebooted show next year with a few of the original cast members, or it will be an anthology thing and we get something completely different. Either way, I think I'm okay with it because I don't think I'm so tied to these characters. And we mentioned this with Tyler, who wasn't even in this episode for the first time like in 10 episodes. Um, with Tyler, there's really nowhere to go after his story arc is done. So let's say you find a way to redeem him. Where do you go from there? And the same thing with Lorca. Can we go anywhere with Lorca? So... 
if they do tie it up at this season, this is all we see these characters. Are you happy? Or are there some that you're just desperate? Well, we have to have them back again. Um, you know what? I'm going to like half answer your question there because, um, you just actually made me rethink of Tyler with the whole Klingon thing. And now I'm just wondering what was the last that I saw of that? They really haven't touched on anything like that in episodes. Yeah, and I know it's been over a and, week. And you but... know what? It makes you feel kind of cheated. Like, you spent so much time anticipating, oh, there's this huge twist. And then it's like they just drop it and it's been like, you know, four or five well, episodes and they haven't said anything Yes and no. It. I mean, we, we were complaining last week that they included elements of Tyler that didn't need to be there. And I think this episode, I was glad we didn't have it. But at the same time, I'm starting to forget what was... Where did we... Did we resolve this? I mean... I think it's just kind of poor thinking for their planning. Their... No, I, in, a, in, a, in a lot of ways, I prefer what they did this week where they didn't feel the need to continue on with all the stories. Like, Stamet's story is basically done. You know, Tyler's story was done with for this episode. This one was about Lorca and uh, Michelle Yeoh. And we had Burnham there as well. Now, the other thing I want to talk about is Burnham. Like, do you think Burnham has come into her own as a lead character? I think so, yeah. I, I think that, um, you know, you know a lot about her past, and as much as it seemed to drag on, I think it's helpful that you knew those things about her that they showed in the first couple episodes where they were really focusing on her, um, to now where, um, you know, you're really seeing her grow as a person. Um, and she really does try to mean well, and you see her, uh, I don't know, just grow up, kind of. Well, it's 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 hard to explain. I, I agree. You do see her grow as a person, just not as a Vulcan. I think that's something that's kind of gotten lost in the last few episodes or this whole second half of the season. Is are that, we going to see anything? That's true. Is there a point to the whole Vulcan thing anymore? Is she just fully entrenched in this you know human world? Because I found it hard to believe that she spent her entire life growing up being trained and um, raised as a Vulcan. Conditioned as a Vulcan. She spent seven years on board uh, uh, under Michelle Yeoh's character and she still had those Vulcan tendencies then. And now she's, what, six months removed from that and she's completely human? I think it's a bit of a stretch. But what I will say is I've been kind of skeptical about how much they crammed Burnham down your throat. And they found a healthy balance in the second half of the season. I'm not even just talking the second half as in these last four episodes with the Mirror Universe stuff. I'm talking about even the few before that where they didn't have to make everything about her. And when she is the focal point of every storyline, it was beginning to be too much. Now she's kind of the support. She's very much a Picard. Picard didn't have that many episodes that were about Picard. He was just the star in all these episodes that were about other people. If you had a Riker episode or a Troy episode or a Wesley Crusher episode, Picard figured prominently, and that's what they've done well with her. And also the fight scene. We had that big fight scene here, which is the main thing I want to talk about, uh, where it's Burnham and Empress Georgia who are taking on all of these uh, Emperor's guards and Lorca and his people or whatever. And are you going somewhere? I'm, I'm just opening <laughs> No, let's not open the window. It's a blizzard outside. I'm, I'm hot. I feel like I'm going through menopause or Maybe something. Maybe you are going through menopause. Um, but anyways, this big fight scene. And I pointed out that uh, the first fight scene that Burnham had with the Vulcan, uh, I think it was like episode eight of the first uh, half of the season, her her fight skills were just really poor. Like you'd tell she she had not had enough time to train, or they filmed it all wrong, and she looked pathetic in those fight scenes. If you really watch closely enough, compared to a guy who was wearing a two hundred pound suit, uh, in this one I thought that she, it was either filmed a lot better or she's been working out more and doing more training because Burnham was more believable. But 
when you're in a fight scene and you're fighting with Michelle Yeoh, you will never look that impressive because Michelle Yeoh at the age of 55 or whatever she is in, now. In, instead of calling her Michelle Yeoh or she Philippa is Yeoh. or Philippa or like Empress. Empress or anything like that, can we just call her Gilf? Gilf? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if Michelle Yeoh has children or grandchildren. Uh, why don't we just call her Michelle Yeoh? Because she is. What about Michelle Gilf? How about just Michelle Yeoh? <laughs> oh, you know she's a Gilf. Um, well, since you said it, not me, so I'm not going to get in trouble well, here. Well, look at the dimples on his face. Anyways, oh, you can't but see them. we got to see her fight, and I thought for a while, I'm like, is Michelle Yeoh still in shape? I mean, I know she's 55, but oh man, come on, that, anybody, that one kick that she the did, one where, kick, the, where yeah. the kick, the her leg went. Went up and over axe her kick head, right up back. above her head. Yeah. Oh man, that was so cool. It was, yeah. That that was to me. I was like, "You go, girl!" And I thought it was great just having Michelle Yeoh as a captain before the show even started, just because she has that star power. And also, a lot of people don't realize. I mean, even though Michelle Yeoh got her break doing martial arts movies um, like uh, uh, Twin Dragons and Super Cop or Police Force or whatever they called it in China, and obviously Tomorrow Never Dies, Crouching Tiger, that. That's all she was, but she's probably made more dramatic movies in her career than she has martial arts movies. It's just great that we've been able to see both sides of her here, and now that they've brought her into the real universe, I mean, where does the storyline go from here? I said, is, is there potential that she could just become a member of the crew, kind of like Burnham was brought into the crew? I honestly don't think that's the case. I still see it that now that she's in this universe... Yes, she was against Lorca. Lorca was the lesser of... Two, or she was the lesser of two evils... She still ran an empire that, that had values completely different from the Federation. And I think now that she's in this universe, it's just going to be trouble. She's going to be set up still to be a villain in the second season or wherever they go from here. Or probably just in the last two episodes. But they warped away before you could really see anything that happened with this other ship. So my question is, is everybody dead that was on that ship there? I'm going to assume yes, that everybody was dead, right? Yeah. In the mirror universe. Mm -hmm. I'm going to assume that everything... Because otherwise, if they would have stayed there for an extra second, their ship would have been destroyed. So I'm assuming that other one that was there with the orb or whatever is gone. That mm -hmm. everybody's dead. But my other question is, is in this parallel universe, is this other Lorca somewhere still alive? Yeah, or, we don't or know where he, he is. just dead? Yeah. Because we thought that the mirror universe Lorca was the one that was gone and it was the real universe. But... There's still the real... Because th those two stories are parallel to each other with... His, what was his ship called again? Uh, it was something with the binary stars, the... No, no, that's, that's, that was the battle from the first two episodes. Whatever it was, his ship that he was the only survivor on. You know, the we brand. don't want to have... The Bran, yeah. So the Bran swap places, let's say, in the Mirror Universe. And again, maybe we missed something in the last few episodes... We complained last week that they just had too much and it you know, wasn't clear. But he kind of appeared and you think, well, now you look back and you're like, well, the reason Lorca was the only survivor is because everybody else was gone. But was everybody else swapped to the other universe? Like, where are they now? Is that other Lorca floating around? As far as Lorca the villain, did you see that coming? Because um, I thought he would be the redeemable character from the Mirror Universe that they would use in future seasons. I I'm going to say no, that I did not see that coming at all. Um, I'm excited that they found something to do with Gilf, but <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I had to, I am excited that I, that they found something with her cause I love her so much, but, mm -hmm. um, I didn't see that coming, but uh, you know, I don't feel cheated. Like the fact that he was killed, um, by, uh, Philippa, I, I don't feel cheated. I don't feel like the whole thing with Tyler where it's like, Oh, you know, they dragged this out and now it's just like they dropped it. I feel like that was a sufficient end to it. I was satisfied with that. 
Yeah, and I was talking so much about Jason Isaacs before we started this uh, this podcast on Star Trek Discovery, and I don't feel like he ever really lived up to potential. But that's just that's not him. That's the the character. You could say that, but his character had just as many shots as Captain Giorgio did, and yet Michelle Yeoh. Every time she's on screen, we just love her. I, I wouldn't go as far as to say Michelle Yeoh gave a better performance in this because I think she had a lot less to work with. She also had two characters to play in like four episodes. Yeah. But I'm not going... If Jason Isaacs doesn't come back, I think I'm okay with it because I'm really happy that we got... And it felt like something out of Star Trek. He felt like suddenly he was the con of Star Trek Discovery. So we got a decent villain, finally. We still haven't seen a planet, though. And here's my biggest complaint. I'm going to complain about something every week. Uh, this series is looking very dull now. For one thing, the ships that we're seeing, they don't look inviting. And I understand you want it to look different and look darker because it's a darker series. No, no Star Trek show, including this, is as dark as Deep Space Nine. I still wanted to be on board Deep Space Nine or The Defiant, whatever it was. And with every Star Trek show, I watch these shows. I'm like, man, it would just be fun to be on that bridge. You know, if they had a, an exhibit like the one we saw in Minneapolis where well, that was it so was, cool. yeah, the, the recreation of the Starship Bridge and they had all those artifacts, I don't think I'd want to go on the Discovery Bridge. It doesn't, it doesn't look inviting. I don't feel like I like the look of this show and we don't see enough of anything because, yeah, they're in space all the time, but we're never near a planet. It's just like this giant bright sun outside of the ship and we've had one planet or two planets, I guess, if you include the, the one that was just a giant rock quarry in uh, the first Mirror Universe episode. I really want to. I want a ship makeover. I want the discovery to look more inviting and look friendlier, and even just look fun. I, I don't. When they're on the bridge, I'm, I'm sort of tired of it already. And I never got tired of the Next Generation bridge or Deep Space Nine Defiant bridge or the Voyager bridge. Even uh, here's a question for you. It kind of relates back to the other thing that you're talking about with Lorca. Um, I had thought about this and I was going to mention it to you, but I forgot. Um, did you ever think about, you know, did he have, uh, some type of connection with the real Lorca from this universe? Um, yeah, we have no idea. Oh, no, 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 listen, listen, cause I'll tell you why, or, or have, um, some type of diary that he read from this other Lorca. Oh, because, yeah. Because the thing that I was thinking about that I didn't even really actually put together, uh, right away is he obviously had an intimate relationship with the Admiral mm -hmm. and this would have been the real Lorca, not the mirror image one. And well, so he, no, 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 no. Does no. it ever say when they started sleeping together? But I think that it actually would have been recent though, that he came into this universe because it was only when the whole thing happened with the brand type of thing so it wasn't really that long ago but i was just thinking to myself like maybe he had some connection where he tortured the real lorca mm. for information um i guess the other question i don't really know the answer to that but it's it's yeah it's something interesting thing maybe they were both in the same universe but uh with this jumping ahead nine months now obviously there's one idea where it could be yeah now they have to spend an entire season the next season you know, as the rebels fighting against this Klingon Empire. But again, because they are directly tying this into the original series, I don't see that as possible. Really, the way this is going to end up is they're going to have to spend two episodes fighting against the Klingons who have taken over everything. And then in some, at some point, they're going to travel back in time. What's probably going to happen is they're going to find a way to change all this. They're going to go back to that battle of the binary stars and save it. I'm really hoping that doesn't happen. I like the idea that they've been bold and have killed off characters and stuff, but if they just find a way in the last two episodes... To reverse everything. To go back in time and reverse everything, and here's our, you know, 
Dr. Back, who's the worst actor on the show, and here's oh, uh, Lorca Back and all that. I don't want to see that. I want them, if they are, they're obviously going to have to go back in time at some point, but just go back in time just enough so that you can save the war. I don't know. All right. <laughs> Dynamite drop in, Jamie. Um, let's just sort of wrap this up here because Casper is making noise. I think I'm talking a lot about this episode and, and a lot of things I enjoyed about it, but overall, I don't think it's my favorite episode of the season. I thought it was much better than last week, not as good as the week before. Uh, what would you do with this one? Would you buy it? Would you rent it? Would you bin it? Um, I would definitely rent it for sure. I'm not sure if I'm going to do a hard buy it for any of the episodes this season, but I rent it for sure. I don't okay. know. No, what do you mean you don't know? <laughs> Anyways, I would go with a rent it on this too. I don't think it's a great rent it, but I enjoyed enough about it. And as you said, you're watching season one of Next Generation. You're like, wow, season one of Next Generation was pretty bad. We've been saying that all season. Give this show a chance. Um, there's enough things about it that's keeping me interested, but this one, eh, it's a rented. It's not as good as the last, well, it's better than the last one, but not as good as the one prior to that. Um, we're wrapping up the Meteor Universe. We've already given our predictions of what's going to happen after that. Obviously, the Tyler thing still has to be wrapped up. Um, we have to figure out what's happening with the Empress now, but two the, episodes the, left. The Klingons. The Klingon, yeah, the Klingon War and all that, so... Uh, I don't think we really have anything else to add on this episode, but I am interested because we've been trying for weeks. We did good at the beginning of the season when it was something simple like, who is your favorite captain? You know, who is your favorite first officer? Who's your favorite alien uh, officer? Uh, you've struggled for pretty much everything, including name your favorite Michelle Yeoh movie. So we're going to go simple here. Now, Tilly is back to regular Tilly now after this. Obviously, her glamorous captain look is gone now, as you pointed out halfway through the episode. I like her look, her other look. I love that. I like her other look that is gone now. But as a character, you still like Tilly. I don't know why. Yeah. But I can tell you right now, I, I haven't read a lot of opinions, but I guarantee Tilly is the Wesley Crusher of this series. He's the one that nobody really wants. And I think every show has that character that just rubs people the wrong way. They're kind of annoying. Uh, Wesley Crusher is the most famous because on Next Generation, people hated him. And I'll, I'll go as far as to say, Wesley Crusher got better when they stopped cramming him down your throat. And... Just that whole idea about a teenager on board the Enterprise that's smarter than everybody else. I mean, it's going to rub everybody the wrong way. But there's a few characters that have been like that uh, over the course of Star Trek. Uh, we are going to pick... Let's see if we can come up with three. So Wesley Crusher's one. You know who Wesley Crusher is, right? Yes. Okay, and what are your feelings on Wesley Crusher? He could drop dead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you always say. Um, another one, and I showed you this episode last night just so that you would know, is Neelix from Voyager. I don't think he's that bad. Oh, Jamie. <laughs> I mean, like he's okay. He's average. It's he's he's but, no he's no Whoopi Goldberg, but <laughs> but he is the annoying character of that series. Uh, like I guess so, but I find him okay. He's okay. all right. So we got two there, and I'm gonna throw Tilly in here. Okay, so we're gonna see. I like her these too. are the three characters that are just annoying. Rank them from worst. Okay, we'll start at the worst and work your way down to the third worst. So. Wesley's the worst, then Neelix, and then Tilly. See, and I'd completely disagree with you again. That's okay. I mean, I'll, I'll go as far I'm as to say this. I'm allowed to have my own opinion. Uh, Wesley Crusher, see, I guess, to be fair, we should just say Wesley Crusher season one. So I was going to say Wesley Crusher wasn't that bad because he got better in later seasons, but Tilly could too. Neelix, uh, Neelix I find very annoying, but I don't hate him. Whereas with Wesley Crusher and Tilly, I kind of hate them even being on the show, so... My worst, I would probably say Wesley Crusher season one, just because they crammed him in your throat more. Tilly would be the second worst, and the third most annoying character would be Neelix. Is that fair? Okay. If All you right. think so. We've got two to go, and this is my biggest struggle every week, is to come up with 
what are we going to rank that Jamie will remember? Uh, so we're done with this episode here. What's past his prologue? We're, Next week, the we're done w- with it. The war without the war within. Are you excited for the war without the war within? I am. I'm wondering if the other ones have high ratings like that. The other episodes here. Well, I mean, we're looking on IMDb, and people on IMDb are obviously really dumb because apparently they loved last week's episode, which we hated. And one of the ones that two of the episodes that we thought were among the best, they didn't like at all. Um, so. The one where they went down to that planet, nobody liked that, apparently. I'm sorry, everybody just wants to see the same boring ship over and over again. Uh, and then the one where it was just a remake of the Next Generation Cause and Effect episode, people apparently didn't like that one as much either. But show is definitely improving, so we'll be back for the last two weeks to recap Star Trek Discovery. Anything else you want to add tonight, Jamie? Uh, nope. All right. <laughs> I thought very hard about that. My name is Colin, and... Uh, this lack of opinion from Jamie was brought to you by Montbeck No Sugar Added Wintergreen Mints. That's right. They're my sponsor. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.